identity. It has become a defining element in the world of MMA, with athletes looking to carve out their own likeness en route to... No, we're not doing that this week. We're getting straight into it. It's your host, Andreas Giorgio, welcoming you back to a brand new edition of Reflections. And Mayday, Mayday, somebody sound the alarm because we have an incredible month of mixed martial arts coming up in the UK and Ireland for major events, which I will get to very, very shortly. But this week's show... Two fantastic guests joining me on Reflections. The first is Dominic Wooden. He'll be fighting Dean Garnett May 19th, ACB 87 at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. And my second guest, Scott Pedersen from the Chris Reese Academy, a teammate of Brett Johns who recently appeared on the show. And Scott is in heavy preparation for his travels to Bucharest, Romania, Next month for the 2018 IMF European Championships, the European pinnacle for amateur MMA. Scott has been selected to represent Team United Kingdom. So we're going to be chatting to Scott about that later on in the show. But as I just alluded to, massive, massive month for UK MMA. Four major shows in the UK and Ireland with... Everything culminating on May 27th in Liverpool, England. But Bama 35, that, that's the first one up on the 12th of May in Dublin, Ireland, the Free Arena. And it's a show that's been going under the radar massively. And I mean, it's not hard to see why it's going under the radar. There's no big fight at the top of the billing. And even if you compare it to Bama 34, which had Alex Lahore against Terry Brazier in the welterweight title fight. That was still an appealing contest. And even though you've got Alex Lahore here against Eon Pascu, who trains out of SBG in Ireland, it's just not as captivating as that recent London event. You've got Fabian Edwards, the hot prospect coming out of Birmingham against Claudio Conti, another SPG talent. And I mean, there has been some rumblings that this could potentially be a middleweight title fight, but I've heard nothing official on that. And Aaron Chalmers, who's a teammate of Fabian Edwards, maybe maybe trying to cheekily force a hand of Bama by doing a, a competition of sorts on social media that if Bama turned this fight into a middleweight title contest, then he will be giving away tickets, spending money, hotels to this event on the 12th of May. But as I say, nothing official on that right now. And as things stand, this is not a title fight. But that's Bama 35 on the 12th of May in Dublin. Then we move on to ACB 87, which is May 19th at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. Our guest on today's show, Dominic Wooding, he's going to be on that. He's fighting Dean Garnett, a tremendous bantamweight contest. And at the top of the billing, you've got Robert Whiteford against Kane Moosin. No love lost here. These two do not like each other one iota. And if you want to just see exactly how much they don't like each other, go over to Twitter and check their tweets to each other. There's some hilarious exchanges there to check out. But it's a big fight. Kane Moosin coming off that career-defining performance against Alex Enlander. A fight which would be Alex's last fight before retiring. And Robert Whiteford, we've not seen him in a while, but he is undefeated in ACB. Two victories against Kevin Petchy and Nam Pham. That was the last time we saw him, ACB 54 Supersonic, with that front choke to Nam Pham, who since retired from MMA, he's doing professional boxing. Scott Askham was scheduled to be on this card against Ibrahim Chuzagayev, 
but an injury to Askham has seen him removed from the cards. Mike Rose steps in his place to fight Chizagayev, and Piotr Struis against Fernando Gonzalez is bumped to the co-main event slot. But the rest of the card is still very, very entertaining. As I say, Don Woodin, Dean Garnett, great fight. You've also got Adam Proctor against Ashley Reese on there. Pietro Menga looking to bounce back from his first career loss when he fights Takeya Mizugaki on that card. And we've got a few of the locals on there as well. Andre Winnen fights Adam Aliyev and Regis Sugden. Newick's very own fights Stephen Martin as well. He was originally scheduled to fight Azzy Thomas, but as reported Andre Sports, Azzy Thomas was uh, popped for a anti-doping violation after competing in EFC last year so once ACB were alerted to that he was removed from the card overall that's a strong card on May 19th then we move on we call it the May bank holiday big special and it all starts May 25th Bellator 200 London SSC Wembley Arena Mirko Krokop Roy Nelson in the main event of that one You've also got Rafael Carvalho against Gegard Mousasi in a middleweight title fight. MVP, Michael Vernon Page, is making his long-awaited return to the Bellator cage. I know everybody has been anticipating MVP's big homecoming to Bellator. We've not seen him since he defeated Fernando Gonzalez in November 2016. So it's great to finally have MVP back. And hopefully, I, I dearly hope... One step closer to that fight against Paul Daly. And Paul Daly is also fighting against John Fitch the same day as Bama 35 over in the Bellator promotion. Of course, the the one fight that a lot of people are talking about, Aaron Chalmers, the former Bama fighter, the former Geordie Shaw television reality star, goes up against Ashley Griffiths. Four wins, six losses. Ashley Griffiths is record and Aaron Chalmers is going to be in search of his fourth victory his fourth finish as well and he's on the main card of Bellator in London that's a massive achievement for him a man who since day one has been counted out by almost everybody within the industry and he he's just continues to do himself great justice he's slowly improving in there and we're seeing the level of opposition slowly improve as well as I think he's been given a, a fair step up each and every time he stepped into that cage. And look, he's no longer with Bama reportedly. Bama initially gave him a one-fight release. But he is asserting to everybody that he's no longer with Bama. He's now completely signed to Bellator. Lots of great fights on the undercard as well. You've got Ryan Scope, Mike Shipman and plenty more names there. But the big one, May 27th in Liverpool, England. The day after... Liverpool play Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League final. It's a potential another party on the horizon because Darren the Gorilla Till is going to headline UFC Liverpool, the first ever UFC Liverpool show, which sold out in a matter of minutes when it went on public sale against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I don't need to say much about this fight. Wonderboy's karate style, he's going to try and avoid the pressure of Darren Till. But as we've seen Darren Till do so well, especially against Donald Cerrone, if he can put that pressure on you, if he gets anywhere near you, he's got the power to get the big finish. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere at the Echo Arena, a complete sellout. 
when Darren Till walks out to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, I cannot even imagine the electricity in the venue. Luckily, I'm going to be there. I, I have tickets, so I'm, I'm going to be there at the venue. So I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I'm going to be able to, to witness that as well. Some news coming out in the, the past few days. Gunnar Nelson no longer in the co-main event slot. He had to withdraw with a knee injury, which requires surgery. So the UFC are looking for a new opponent for Neil Magny. That, of course, was the co-main event. So we'll see what the UFC decide to do in the coming days. But that is just a quick run-through of the big four shows happening in the month of May. I wish I could give in-depth breakdowns for every single one of them. There's just not enough time. So I hope the short sprinkling was enough because now we're going to jump straight into it after the break. We're going to have Dominic Wooding joining us on the show. He has moved from the 125 division to the bantamweight division and he's fighting arguably one of the most experienced and best bantamweights in the UK, Dean Garnett on May 19th, ACB. 87. Let's hear what Dominic Wooden had to say about the fight coming your way after the break. And joining me now on Reflections Podcast is none other than Dominic Wooden. Dominic, let's kick it straight away. May 19th, Motorpoint Arena in Nottingham. You will fight Dean Garnett in what yeah. can only be described as, on paper, one of the best bantamweight fights available right now in the UK scene. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah, hundred um, percent. This is this is one of this is one of the hottest matchups in the bantamweight division in the UK, hundred percent. Because obviously Dean's in the top five. He's obviously signed to ACB, great promotion, and I'm happy to be fighting un, under uh, ACB. And obviously myself, I'm coming up. I'm 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 an upcoming prospect within the division. So obviously it's it's, it's a great fight, uh, great fight for the for the fans, and obviously for myself, um, big scout for me, and 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 a big win for me over here. Is it correct in assuming that Bama gave you a one-fight release to fight him in ACB? Yeah, that's correct. So I'm I'm still currently signed to Bama, um, but obviously I'm on a one-fight release. Obviously now I'm fighting on ACB, one-fight deal over here against Dean Garnett. And um, yeah, obviously in order for me to fight the top guys, I, I have to I have to come out come out of Bama to to to, to these other promotions to, to fight these top guys because obviously Dean's not signed to Bama, so obviously that fight wouldn't be possible. So obviously. Enable for me to fight these top guys. I have to come out of Bama and fight these guys. That's not signed to Bama, and that's what and that's what I'm here to do. And that's what you're seeing here right now with uh, with the fight against Dean Garnett. So was it purely down to the opportunity to fight a a ranked competitor in the division, or were there other elements to it? We've we've always heard that ACB. Um, one of the main reasons a lot of athletes want to be on those cards is because of the money they pay and the potential bonuses as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously the money's great. Yeah, and of course their bonuses are great too. All right, yeah, I got offered this fight the day before my last fight. Okay. They, yeah, so then I just accepted straight. I accepted with no hesitation. I was like, "Yep, let's take on Dean Garnett. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this because obviously, in order to be the best, you've got to fight the best. And obviously, that's what I'm here to do. And obviously, enable to get up to the big, to the big organizations, you've got to fight the top guys." top guys in, in in your weight division so um yeah i took this fight uh the day before my last fight against dominic dylan on bama and yeah we're here now was it in the back of your head when you stepped into the cage obviously going into the fight night i wasn't thinking of uh, dean garnett but obviously after the fight i i knew i knew that he was for potential potentially going to be next so obviously i started thinking of uh, dean garnett me 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 and uh, my manager as a fighter, look, he's on a two-fight skid with ACB, but that's no discredit to him. We've seen how good he is, especially on the ground. How do you rate him, and, and how do you, you see him as an opponent? Like, no doubt about it. He's good. He's okay everywhere. Um, but he hasn't fought anyone like me. 
He hasn't fought anyone like me. Um, he hasn't fought a southpaw like me. And just stylistic, like, like, like I said, like I always say, stars make fights. And I just feel like I'm a dangerous matchup for him. Um, he's been down, he's been down my gym to, um, to, to, to train with. He, he came down with uh, Alan Philpott. Okay. But obviously, I, was, I wasn't there. I wasn't there at that time. So obviously, but from what I've seen and from what I've heard, um, yeah, um, stylistically, I think I'm, I'm a dangerous matchup for him. Like I think, I think he knows it himself. His team knows it himself. So I'm gonna go in there and make a big statement. 100, percent no doubt about that. So you're 21 now, but for quite some time you've been tipped as the future of UK MMA. How surreal is it yeah. that we've been saying that since you're a teenager and you're only 21 and we're still saying that? <laughs> yeah, obviously, like I said, like I wouldn't be doing this sport if I didn't think I could be the best. And obviously, you guys saying that it's obviously uh, motivating me as well to, to obviously get better every each day. And obviously. This is not this. I'm not a finished article yet, and I'm only still. I'm still getting better. I'm still elevating. I'm still evolving as a, a fighter, physically and mentally. So, obviously, it's a it's 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 good for you guys to say that about me. But obviously, I I I know myself. I know I know what I want to do in this sport and where where I want to get and and how I want to do it. So, obviously, it's it's, it's a great thing for you guys to, to 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 say that. For the majority of your career, you've been at flyweight, but your last two fights, we've seen you bantamweight against Blaine O'Driscoll and then featherweight recently against Dominic yeah. Dillon. Can you just talk me yeah. through the impact fighting at the higher weight has had on your body in those two fights? People would assume less weight to cut, it's got to be easier, but are there any downsides to that that shift 10 to 20 pounds upwards for you? No, not at all. Like, um, from the Andy Young fight, it was obviously at 125, and that was that was my toughest weight cut. That was my toughest weight cut. And um, I'm not taking a win against. Uh, I'm not taking the win away from Andy Young. But I feel like that fight, uh, the weight cut, the the the, the weight cut did me in a little bit there. But obviously, I'm not taking anything away from Andy Young. He won that night. It was his night, obviously yeah. in his hometown, which is good for him. But um, the move up to bantamweight, I felt great. And obviously, fight my last fight at featherweight was easy, man. It was easy. Like I had no worries of like weight cut or anything because obviously my weight was my, my was obviously I was on a verge of make uh one thirty five. Yes. And obviously my guy pulled out, the Dominic uh, Dylan stepped in, so obviously I didn't I didn't really have anything to cut for that last one. But obviously I'm a I'm a natural bantamweight now and obviously I feel I feel much more better at bantamweight now. In in terms of like um uh performance wise and f- physically as well. And obviously mentally as well, I feel I feel much, much, much better here at 135. Do you think there's a possibility that flyweight could be in trouble in the long term in UK MMA? Because we've seen both K-Droids and Bama have struggled to fill that division. I know the talent's there, but it's not really there in abundance. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like, there's not... Um, even, like, in the top promotions such as the K-Droids and uh, uh, um, Bama as well, there's not a lot of uh, flyweights. So like obviously like shows like for example like ACB they got a lot of flights because obviously they have a lot of fighters worldwide whereas um, Pedro's and Bama don't have that so um, yeah it is it is it is it is tough to get matchups at flyweight even like when I was at flyweight it was tough getting matchups because the division was so small that uh, it was just so hard getting matchups yeah yeah so that, that's why like my record like I'm, I'm five and one now I feel like I should have had uh, I feel like I should have had more fights, but obviously the division was so small, and obviously certain people didn't want to fight me at the time. So 
obviously, yeah, there's there's the 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 division is not as thick as like the bantamweight, featherweight, and so forth, and 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 other divisions as well. I would argue there's actually more amateur flyweights than there are professional. Yeah, I believe so as well. I believe so as well. There is, there is. And obviously the amateur, the amateur circuit, the, the guys are coming up and they're soon going to be turning pro. And yeah, there is, um, I feel like there is a lot more uh, amateur flyweights than, than, than pro flyweights. Definitely. Definitely. Your last flyweight contest was against Andy Young. You alluded to it earlier. It was for the championship. Unfortunately, you didn't come out on top there. When we spoke at Bama 34 after your fight, you mentioned your displeasure towards the media for, you know, potentially abandoning you after that loss to Andy Young. Quiet on a, on a few fronts. You already know that. You already know that. You know that you don't. You guys, when when a fighter's down, you don't want to hear from them anymore. But when they when they when they when they're on when they're on the rise again, you guys want to you guys come out the woodwork and want to and want to want to want to get back to us. You know that's the truth. You you 100% believe that? Yeah, I believe that 100% because when I lost that fight, no one no one did no one didn't want to hear from me. No one didn't want to hear from me, but that's cool. Do you not think as well though? Look, in this country, I'm not defending it, and I absolutely accept what you have to say, but yeah. in this country nobody, no journalists, no media is working 100% full-time in this game. And I I yeah. I know I know a lot of people would love to spend the day and do interviews and talk to everybody. That's not the case, unfortunately. And time can't really be dedicated to every single fighter. But I respect your opinion and I respect where you're coming from. Yeah, it's true. It's like that. It's like that in general in sports. Anyway, when 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 an athletes on on their downfall, no one does want to hear from them. When they're on the rise, they want to hear. It's like that. For time, you were saying you were the best flyweight in the UK. Now, yeah. Do you think you're the best bantamweight? Listen, I'm the best. I'm the best at whatever I do, whether you believe it or not. Or, or obviously, if no one's saying it yet, but I believe it in myself. Time will tell, you know. And obviously, I'm working towards that. So obviously, I believe I'm the best already. Anyway, do you think if you beat Dean Garnett and you go back to Bama, you're you're in line for the title shot? Title shot? I'm not like really and truly. I'm not really searching for titles anymore. I'm just looking to take names. I'm just going to take names and obviously elevate my career into into the bigger organisations. Like like you can see, my my my, my teammate Nathaniel just signed for the UFC, yeah. And obviously now that's opening doors up for other prospects in our gym. So obviously I'm 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 looking to get where he where he's at right now. Do you know? Do you think like having in that example, like you say, there Nathaniel Wood? We know he's just gone to the UFC. Absolutely fantastic as well for him. Do you think having someone coming through like that's going to help you as well? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Even when Brad was in the UFC, um, Titan was quite talked about a lot. And obviously, Brad, because obviously he was in the UFC. Now Nathaniel's here; he's in the UFC, ready to make statements in 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 in, in the big organizations. And obviously, it's just obviously going to bring more attention to the gym and more attention to the fighters. And obviously, I'm looking to get where he's at. And obviously, this is the first step of me getting towards there by beating a uh, Dean in in impressive fashion. And mark my words, I will, I, will, I will do that. At Bama 34, you came out in that awesome Black Panther mask. But at that time, you hadn't seen the film. Have, have you seen it since? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a good film. It was a good film. But they should have got, got me. To, uh, <laughs> it got me to, 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 to play as um, T'Challa. <laughs> Maybe when they reboot, yeah? <laughs> 100%. 100%.
hundred percent. That's all. I'm fighting real people. I'm fighting real people. I'm the real Black Panther. You know what I mean? That's all choreographed. They could have got me. I've got another Black Panther related question for you. And one of the reasons that Black Panther in Hollywood has kind of grown to to such huge heights and such huge prominence is the political significance that it's had in terms of representation in Hollywood, which hasn't necessarily been there for such a long time. Mm. How would you compare that to the representation in mixed martial arts? Do you think that in MMA it's a very representative sport? Um. You know, to be very honest with you, uh, when I got the Black Panther name, it wasn't through the Marvel. It wasn't through the Marvel character. It was through the animal, the the Black Jaguar. Yeah. Because obviously the way I move and stuff like that. But in terms of like like the political standpoint of things and <clears throat> it mixing with uh, MMA, uh, I don't really have nothing much to say about that. To be honest, you know, I don't really have nothing much to say about it. To be honest, but obviously for for obviously black athletes. Obviously, some motivation for black athletes, I could say. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that's all that's all I could say about it. But like in terms of me being called a black panther, it wasn't from the Marvel character. Okay. It was from the from the actual animal, the black jaguar. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just to close up now, Dominic, yeah. when you when you first broke in and you were fighting on uh, when you first broke in as a pro and you were first fighting on Warrior yeah. Fight Series, yeah. you were many many times. A lot of people said a young version of Anderson Silva. Now, yeah. was that something that you you liked, or was it something you respected? Like, what were your initial thoughts on that when people were saying it? Well, obviously, I look up to obviously like me personally. My favorite fight of all times is obviously Anderson Silva, and obviously when people were compared to me, Anderson Silva, it is what it is. Um, obviously, like I'm not going to lie about it. I took a lot from his style, and guys that fight like him, um, obviously. I'm not Anderson Silva, I'm myself, I'm the next Dominic Woodin, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um you gotta take little you gotta take bit bits from each fight that you like watching and obviously put that put that in to put that in your game and make that part of your game, you know what I mean? Um but yeah, like obviously when people are saying um do you remind me of Anderson Silva or other fighters like that, yeah, it, it is what it is. Obviously obviously it's 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 normal for uh people to compare a young up and coming fight to a to 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 to, to a great, if yeah. you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's normal. So obviously, it's, it, it's yes, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Obviously, I'm the next Dominic Wooden, and obviously I am Dominic Wooden. So yeah, <laughs> Dominic Wooden. So. I mean, I've been seeing this a lot on on the scene recently. Uh, Fabian Edwards as well. He, he's been been contrasted to a few fighters and he said the exact same thing as you i i'm the first oh, me. Really? i'm the only me i'm i'm the real me and i think that yeah. right now this is because mma is in popularity is increasing and identity is so important because you see there's so many fighters right now the market is effectively oversaturated yeah yeah it's true it's true it's true like obviously now that you you're getting a lot more um Young fighters coming up, and obviously you're seeing the likes of like Conor McGregor, what he's doing. He's setting, obviously setting out a blueprint of how to make big money in this sport and stuff like that. So obviously people are now starting, like like you said, personality becoming oversaturated now. Now you're seeing guys like Conor McGregor. A lot of people want to like imitate some stuff that he does, like in terms of like personality and stuff like that. Because obviously, as a young fighter coming up, obviously you want to make big money, and obviously McGregor 
is the prime example of how to make a lot of money within this sport. Yes, yes. Which uh, no, which no other MMA fighter has done. Um, but yeah, like like I said, you're gonna get young, hungry fighters like myself coming up, and obviously, the sport is getting bigger, so the market's getting bigger as well. So it's only it's only gonna get better from here in terms of um, um, in terms of um, worldwide worldwide recognition. And obviously, yeah. maybe money as well. Obviously, later around, late, later on down the line during the years. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, it is getting oversaturated because of the likes like Conor McGregor. Obviously, he has a big uh, impact within the sport. Yeah. Don, before we wrap up, are there any last messages? Any shout outs you want to give? Um. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, my manager. Uh, Chris Finger, Elite MMA Agency for obviously getting me the fight on, on ACB and obviously working his arse behind the scenes getting me the fight um, obviously I want to thank my sponsors um, Saigon Sports Club in Vietnam um, uh, Verologic Recruitment uh, Faraday Solicitors um, um, yeah that's about it <clears throat> that's right. and obviously my team just just everyone, everyone that helps me yeah. absolutely May 19th Don Wooden against Dean Garnett it's going to be an absolute barnstormer thank you so much Dominic for stopping by on this Reflections podcast so that was Dominic Wooding on Reflections podcast wishing him the best of luck when he fights Dean Garnett on May 19th it really really is a great great bantamweight contest but moving on now time for our second guest on this episode of reflections and we're turning our heads to the amateur MMA scene and Scott Pedersen a young fighter coming out of Wales the Chris Reese Academy of course very well known for Brett Johnsu's in the UFC now Scott Pedersen he's going to be making his second IMAF appearance he actually appeared at the 2017 World Championships in Bahrain last November but he crashed out to the eventual gold medalist in Quentin Thomas but he's back, the 2018 European Championships in Bucharest, Romania, from the 17th till the 23rd of June. He's representing Team UK, and he's hungry. He's hungry to get back on the horse and prove that what happened in Bahrain, it was just a one-off, that the best version of Scott Pedersen, we've yet to see that in an IMAF event. And let me just put this into context about how good Scott Pedersen is. In March, at Adrenaline Black Tie at Manor Park, he defeated... Tobias Arilla, the Swedish fighter who in the MyNextMatch.com IMF rankings is seeded as number one at lightweight. Yes, he is the very best ranked lightweight on the entire planet in regards to amateur MMA. And Scott Pedersen defeated him at a recent Adrenaline event. So there is so much potential there for Scott Pedersen. And I know he's got a very, very bright future ahead as well. And Brett Johns, he talked about it last week when he was on the show, so don't even take my word for it. Take Brett Johns' word for it. It means a lot more than my word. So Scott Pedersen is going to be joining us after the break, and he's going to be telling us as well how you can help him get on that flight to Bucharest, Romania. The entire UK team, they they incur the costs themselves when it comes to competing in IMAF events because there is no government funding in the UK for amateur mixed martial arts. They have to pay the flight costs, the participation costs, and even the hotel costs all by themselves. So any little will help. He has a just given page and I'll be plugging that after the break when he joins us on Reflection. So join me in a sec with Scott Pedersen. And joining me now on Reflections 
podcast. Welcome to Reflection, Scott Pedersen. How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, it, it's it's always a funny story. I like to say this whenever I speak to Brett or Aiden or yourself. You know, I remember that very vividly Warrior Fight Series. You fought yeah, Aiden fought. Brett was there. He had his arm in the sling, I believe, at, yeah, at the time yeah. as well. And it's just one of those moments that I always remember. I don't know why. Obviously, it was a great night for you guys. Both you and Aiden yeah, picked definitely. up the win. Yeah, it was a sick night, that was. Yeah, good night for Welsh MMA. Yeah, it was. It was Charlie Boy Howard you beat, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, I took, well, yeah, I took the fight on like two days' notice. And he was like the next big thing at the time. So, yeah, I was like, yeah. I can't wait to my hands on him. Yeah, absolutely. And you got the victory. It was it was a great one. Yeah. So, Scott, you, you're still an amateur fighter. You're still in the, you know, the amateur MMA circuit. And the plan right now is for you to go to Romania as part of Team United Kingdom for the IMF yes. European Open Championships on the 17th of June in Bucharest, Romania. Now, this isn't going to be your first appearance for Team UK in an IMF tournament. You've actually competed before in Bahrain at the World Championships yeah, last yeah. November. It, a bit of a hit and miss occasion for you, of course. You know, to be there for the Worlds was great, but you you crashed out in the first round against the eventual gold medalist Quentin Thomas. How was that experience for you? You know, I know it was unfortunate to lose. Uh, at the time, now looking at it, it, was, it I, a lot of fighters say this when they lose, like it's a bit of a blessing. But at the time, you know, I was I was going out there and I thought I was going to win. I knew I could do it, and. Uh, but like I let a lot of people down, like do you know what I mean? But uh, it is what it is. Like I say, I got back on the horse and just kept going. That's what I do every time. So yeah. Being one of the most, I'd say, talented prospects in the UK in Wales, mm-hmm. do you feel like there was maybe too much pressure on you going over? Because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, "Whoa, Scott's going going to do the World Championships." I immediately thought, "Okay, he's going to go there. He's going to get a medal of some kind." Because we've seen the level of pedigree that you have over here with some Cage Warriors regional titles, some some Welsh regional titles yeah. as well. Did you expect it to go a little bit different? I think I put so much pressure on myself, to be fair. Like, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as hype, do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no such thing. So, uh, but now, literally, when I come back, my whole mindset changed. I just, all I care about now is just training, training hard fighting, winning. One thing I've learned, which I'm quite lucky, I think I've learned at young ages to enjoy the moment. You hear a lot of fighters say when they hit 27, 28, oh, I've started enjoying the moment, but now I'm enjoying the moment. I'm only 21, so uh, yeah, I can't wait to get out there into Romania and just have fun and get it done. <laughs> enjoying the moment. Now, you say that's quite a rare thing, but the, the truth is, I hear that a lot, and I hear that a lot from Chris Reese Academy fighters, from yourself, mm-hmm. from Aiden, from Brett Johns, from a lot of the other guys there as well, I mean, you can tell me better. You're you're in the gym. Why does everyone have that that very positive mindset? I just we're all best mates as well. Like when we vibe off each other. Like I enjoy waking up, going training. Like oh, I'm gonna be with my my Like do you know what I mean? my friends. We're gonna go for a hard session. Then we'll chill afterwards. And I like do you know I mean this is I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. And I'm gonna be one of the greatest to ever do it. I know I am. So let's soak it up and then enjoy the moment and enjoy the process. Don't let it fly by. Speaking of friends, if you tilt your camera slightly, we'll, we'll see one of them right there. Muay Thai aid. Muay Thai aid. <laughs> no one wants to fight him. No, no one wants. That's the problem. Yeah, no James. one wants to fight me. Another former IMAF competitor as well, Aiden James. Yeah. I um, I loved IMAFs. I did. I, I didn't get um, like I wanted to go 
now it's like it's getting bigger, it's getting better. The competitors even chat with them before, but um, I think it's like one of the best platforms amateurs can do. Um, when you go there, one of the big things you'll find is the looks you won't get over here. Mm-hmm. It's, unless they're importing guys over, unless they're finding guys over, you're going to get looks you're not used to seeing. And um, as an amateur, I talked to Chris and Paul went pro. I wanted to see a lot. So I wanted to like, defend the belt. I wanted to uh, obviously win multiple titles. I wanted to do like a day pro weigh-in, on the day weigh-in, short notice fights, change like um, just all the like crazy shit that can happen as a pro. Yeah. I've experienced as much as I can as an amateur, so nothing fazes me. Like fighting away, traveling, um, fighting with the coach, with the coach. And um, I've done it. I've done it all. So for me, like, turning pro, uh, 16 amateur fights, turning pro was perfect timing. For some of the guys, like I said, Scott, now, like, there's no rush for him. And I don't know what he's getting out there and just seeing different things all the time, experiencing new um, uh, new scenarios for the fight. So when he does go pro, nothing will face him, except he'll just have no fight with me because no one's fighting me. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks there, Aiden. We'll, we'll have to get you on reflections before your next fight yeah, as well. We can I'll, talk I'll about mess things. you later. I'll mess you later. <laughs> <laughs> we won't let him steal the spotlight any any no, longer, no, no. Scott. We'll we'll get back to you. European Championships. So mm-hmm. w- we've we've talked about the worlds there. What's going to be different for you this time? Uh, the pressure that I've not put on myself. Like, I'm, I am really enjoying training. I'm, I'm soaking up everything. So. Uh, I'm just gonna go out there. I've got no, like, I've got nothing on my shoulders. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna go out there and I'm just gonna do me. And then when I know I do me, I'll win. So yeah, there's gonna be some good boys in the tournament. I'm looking forward to fighting those good boys. That's another thing. Like I think amateurs are scared to fight other high-level amateurs. Like I, I'll fight any one of them. I'm well up for it. Like just for Tobias a month ago, for yeah. another high-level lad a month for that from Austria, Team Austria. I want to fight the best because I believe I am the best. So. And to be the best, you've got to beat the best. So, yeah, best absolutely. I'm glad you brought Tobias Herrera up <laughs> because the number one, according to MyNextMatch.com's rankings for the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation, the number one amateur lightweight on the yeah. planet, and you defeated him in your backyard as well. I know how, how proud Brett Johns was because we spoke about it when he came on the show. Yeah. But would you describe that as a defining moment for your amateur career? Because, look, I've seen him fight so many times. Yeah, man, he is going yeah, to be he's... one of the best pros uh, to come out of Europe in a long time. Oh, 100%, yeah. Well, um, that's the thing. It's like um, we got a good promoter over here. His name's James Wallace for the Adrenaline. And uh, obviously he flew Bolden Grad over first, beat him. And then he said, oh, I got to buy it a month later. I said, oh, happy days. And uh, like <laughs> I said, I'm not scared, man. So if he wants to go, let's go. Like, but, yeah, I to get a win over him, it is big, but like I said, it's just it's on to the next one. I mean, well, one of the main reasons that I asked you on is, you know, we saw on social media you announced, look, I'm part of Team UK. I'm going to Romania uh, on the 17th of June for the Team UK. It's a big occasion for you, but what yeah. a lot of people don't know is that because amateur mixed martial arts is unregulated in this country of course there is the united kingdom mixed martial arts federation but they're not recognized by the government so there's no yeah. funding there for athletes like yourself who are coming through the ranks you have to fund your travel your participation cost all by yourself yeah it's, it's hard man but um if you want it if you want to do it you'll, you'll find a way you'll get it done but you see like the amateur boxing's funded they're getting flown all over the place to compete do you know what I mean we are the equivalent of our sport like so i think like as soon as it's gonna one day it's gonna get back like the imaf are doing huge things for the sport i think i heard something that they won in the olympics by 2028 so i know yes. it's wrong i know it's 10 years <laughs> away but so um but i just think 
people need to get behind this. Like, do you know what I mean we're representing our country? Like, and MMA is a beautiful sport. Do you know what I mean it's like two people getting in the cage and they're scrapping? Like, so people love to see a fight as well. Let's be honest. And uh, do you mean we train hard? We're not just we're not maniac. We don't go around on the weekends kicking off fighting. Like this is like I train full time. Do you know what I mean? Like this is all I do. I put everything into it. Like so, it'd be nice if we had like a government body, but it'll happen over time. I'm pretty sure, but. That's for the next generation and the next. Mm. I mean, so at least they'll have it. So it's like it's like it feels like you're kind of like building it for them. So, like I said, it's like obviously if anyone wants to help me, go my Facebook, go find me. There you go. There's a plug. But uh, it's gonna happen. But I, at the end of the day, it's out of my control. So I just go. I'll just find. I'll find the money and try and get it done. Yeah. In the in the situation that you know, I've a lot of the athletes do GoFundMe accounts, but I've seen <laughs> numerous times that doesn't always reach what the target is to cover the cost, yeah. cover the flights. How do you make up the difference usually? How did you do that for the World Championships? Well, um, I had like, a decent sponsor for the Worlds. Uh, I had some good sponsors there, but my mum my mum and dad, they helped me out with those. I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them today, so that's why one day I hope I make some, some good money so I can sort them out like I bet and they're banking on that. But uh, no, without my parents, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, And at the end, another thing as well, you see like some of the high-level fighters around the UK won't come to the trials. They won't fight because they can't afford it. And it's not fair at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? So, like, as soon as the government bodies, when when that starts getting involved, you'll see a lot of high-level fighters trying out. But um, until then, like you said, it's just good family, good support system, good friends, good gym, good coach. Everyone helps everyone. So, like you said, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to get there. So, parents. Yeah, parents. I mean... (laughs) you know you must be extremely grateful to to be able to have something like that because not a lot of people have it do you mean so? uh, not a lot of people have it but not just that i mean um i, I don't want to discredit imaf whatsoever but if you compare the costs of the event to for example entering the ibjjf world championships there there is a massive difference in the cost imaf is at yeah. the higher end of that scale because there is no subsidies there for even IMAF at an international level but at the same time look you know there's a lot more costs going there you've got to actually import cages build cages so it is exactly, kind of understandable yeah, yeah. Uh, at the same time but do you think that it's you know with the UK as well because look let's be realistic without the funding we see everybody 90% of the athletes have to create a GoFundMe page oh, or some yeah, kind they have of funding to. page yeah. do you think that if the cost was to reduce we would see higher participation rate from the UK Oh, 100%, definitely. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if this was free, you'd have every fighter wanting to go. It's as simple as that, do you know what I mean? So there'd be loads of... We wouldn't have to do trials. We'd probably have to do a tournament, which I think is the best way. Because then you find those really number one, and obviously number one deserves to get to go. Like so, But, um, yeah, if they can make it cheaper... I, I, don't, I don't feel like they're doing it for a bonus, though, do you know what I mean? I think they no, are well, trying I, to build I the sport. I can tell you they're absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they probably, like I said, I spoke to the organisers, Nigel and that, do you know what I mean, and all that. They said, obviously, they don't make nothing from this. They're just helping us out. But um, if there's a way they can make it cheaper, that would be banging. But like I said, it's just, you just got to get it done. You just got to find the money and get it done. It's a it's a priceless experience. Even when I went yeah. out to Bahrain and lost, don't get me wrong, I was in tears, I was in bits. But, like, the other thing as well, when am I when else am I going to go to Bahrain? I'm not going to go to Bahrain on a holiday. <laughs> Yeah, it's not exactly a holiday destination. No, so, um, but when it, do you know I mean? So that's off the bucket list. I'll probably go there at the end of the year as well, now for the Worlds, but uh, so, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. You get to well, see places uh, that you've never seen before. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I can, uh, you know, attest to that as well from my work with My Next Match and IMAF, you know, getting to travel to these amazing places to, to witness mixed martial arts as well and see the best talent from around the world converge in one destination. It's absolutely brilliant. Your GoFundMe page, we can find it on your social media, right? It's, it's on your Facebook page. Or yes, Scott Pedson on Facebook and it's in my link on my bio on Instagram, which is uh, at ScottyP102. So if anyone donates, it can be anything. I, I 100% truly appreciate it. And before we go, Scott, one thing I want to get your opinion on is Cage Royce are now doing this amateur Grand Prix. And look, we, we don't... <laughs> Aiden James popping his head in there. Look, uh-huh. we don't know too many details yet, but we know that Cage Royce are going to make a big deal out of this. And if I'm correct, you're, you're still the holder of the Northwest title? Oh, you've been stripped. Okay. What was the reason behind being stripped? So basically, this is this is no one's fault, dear, right? But um, I was uh, there was a, a show on the twenty fourth of February for okay. the Cage Warriors Academy. Uh, they wanted me to defend my belt there, but I was matched to fight them um, Bogdan Grad, right, on adrenaline. And uh, and and what I seen at the time, I thought for more experience gained for me, the better fight would take would be Bogdan. Obviously, I didn't know uh, Cage Warriors was doing this European title thing, but um. That's another thing as well. It's European Championship and the winner gets contract now. But uh, I thought they were going to do it all in one day. Yeah. But apparently it's spaced out over the year. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be spaced out, yeah. Yeah. But even if, um, like I said, man, it's like, it is what it is. The Worlds will be around the same time as the finals anyway. And I want to go to the Worlds again. So, but yeah, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool. But uh, I don't think, personally, for my press, I don't think you'll have the best amateurs competing in the, in the tournament. Just me. That's what I personally think. Like, so yeah, it is what it is. Do you think it sends the wrong message that the the winner receives a pro contract? Does it kind of really play down the importance of having a, a lengthy amateur career? And I mean, the best fighters will advance from being an amateur to a pro, but yeah, rushing yeah. that and and making like you know making a big deal out of that. Do Do you think that maybe that's the wrong well, way to the approach thing it? Is- yeah, no, because uh, like you said, you've got some you've got some fighters that amateurs. They are five amateur fights to turn pro, and they're, they're really good fighters. They do a really good career, and that's just them. But if you look like the best boxers, like think how many amateur fights they have for before they turn pro. I do see MMA going down that route, but um, I think as well as like I personally don't think the best amateurs are in this tournament. You got some boys fighting for the title two and oh, two and one as an amateur. Well, you go four, four and one, and then you have the pro contract with Cage Warriors. You're gonna get found out. So even if you're not fighting the best fighters, you're gonna get found out. It's as simple as that. You like, there's a lot of, like playing in this, like in this sport in this day and age. You got people, people chatting shit on Instagram and all that, saying, "Oh, I'm the next Conor McGregor and all that." But at the end of the day, you gotta get in the cage. You gotta fight. You gotta get found out. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, it's good. We'll see what happens. Do you know what I mean? Well. Uh, I don't. I think you should try and get as many army fights as you can, personally. But it's, do you know what I mean? It's them, not me. So I want to get your thoughts, Brett Johns uh, against Aljamain Sterling, and look, his first professional loss, and yeah. but by no means is it a bad thing because we we know the level of Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. But Brett, what do you think went wrong in that fight? We, we've seen, you know, we've seen a few of his comments on social media about it since. I think Brett knows as well. This I'm not just obviously it's gonna sound like I'm saying this because I'm his fucking like he's one of my best friends, like I mean like a brother, but uh, that was not the Brett you've seen in that cage on like, do you know what I mean? If he fights how Brett fights, 
he's one of the best band. He already is one of the best. He's the best. He is yeah. the best band yeah. on the planet. He is already he's in the top fifteen. You know I mean like and the Algerman's a he's a beast man. You know I mean he's a, he's a sharp grab, a sharp wrestler, all good striking. Ooh. But um, I'm telling you, man, it, he didn't and, turn up. Yeah, he just didn't turn up, and it happens. You know I mean it does happen. Like you know I mean, but maybe that fifteen and one now, maybe the stress off his shoulders and. I think he wants to get back in there straight away and prove what he can do. Like, he's back in the gym now. We trained this morning. We trained tonight. But, um, like, I know it seems always going to say that as his, as his teammate. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you now, that was not the Brett Johns even though that we know that was in there. But it's okay. So, like I said, learning experience. I mean, he'll be back and better. He's, he's an animal. Yeah, absolutely. He's still the standard bearer, not only for Welsh MMA, not only for <laughs> UK MMA, but one of the very, very best fighters to come out of Europe in the past few years. Uh, oh, to graduate yeah. to that UFC level and and he's had a look, tough route as well, man. Do you know what I mean he's won Cage Warriors, won the Cage Warriors world title, Titan FC right. world title? Do you know what I mean he hasn't had no easy route to UFC? And the guys he's had in the UFC, they've all been fucking really good as well. Yeah, and his first his debut against Conor Crack, he was a two-time world champion outside the UFC as well. Do you and mean? defeated, I know. and defeated. Yeah, you had two world champions going at it, and their debuts. That just proves how stacked the bantamweight division is. Like so, but he'll be back. He'll be back. Absolutely, absolutely. Brett Johns, one of a kind. Scott, I really do appreciate you coming on Reflections. It's been great to chat to you, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with your your GoFundMe and and raising money for your your appearance at the European Championships for Team UK. And uh, we'll be sharing the the campaign, of course, here at Reflections. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. It means a lot. It really does. Thank you. There we have it, Scott Pedersen on the Reflections podcast and a special guest appearance from Aidan James. We were both hanging out on the couch whilst that interview was taking place and Aidan is someone that I've also followed as he's transitioned from amateur to pro. So we'll be getting him on the Reflections podcast in the future as well. And apologies for the audio on that one. For some reason, when I recorded that interview segment, my microphone, my Samsung CO1U, didn't record properly so it's using like my computer audio which is relatively shit compared to my my condenser microphone so apologies for that that's why that segment of the show is in mono and not in stereo so yeah apologies for that but i hope you enjoyed the interview scott pedersen had some very very level-headed things to say about the development of amateur mma in the united kingdom but that is it for another episode of Reflections Podcast, I have been your host, Andreas Giorgio. Once again, thank you so, so much for joining and listening to this week's show. If you've not already, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a review, leave a rating on iTunes as well. That would be greatly appreciated. And engage with me on Twitter as well, at Andre M. Giorgio. Let me know what you thought about this show. Did you enjoy the interviews with Dominic Woodin and Scott Pedersen? And who would you like to see on a future episode as well? Just shoot me a tweet and I'll be sure to get right back at you. So there we go. Another Reflections in the bag. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you soon.